me now? Ah, there I am. I got it. Can we do that again then? You heard most of it, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are smart. You are bright. You are sharp. And man, you're good looking. Okay, now that time you had opportunity to look at your husband or your wife. <laughs> All right. Everybody say this with me. I'm a believer. Not a, Not a doubter. Strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Today, I believe God's word is truth. And I'm going to receive everything. Everything God has for me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so good. All right. Well, how many of you have seen the show Hoarders? Right? Yeah. Okay. So is there anybody else like me, like after you're done watching, watching the show, you like have to immediately go and like throw 50 things away? And, and somehow you feel better, right? No? Just me? Okay. All right. Oh boy. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. You are a mighty God. We love you so much. We thank you for your goodness and your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your provision, your protection. Thank you for surrounding us over, under, around, and through us, God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. I just pray, Lord, that you would remove me from the equation. Let it be everything about you, Jesus. I pray that you are the words that leave my mouth. I pray that you are the ears that receive the words that are spoken today, God. And I thank you that your word will not return void, as your word says, God. I thank you that it will do a deep work into the hearts of those that are here and my heart. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Okay, so you've watched Hoarders. Have, have any of you ever uh, wrestled with God? Yeah, okay. So me too. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not alone. So I just wanted to share, like, preparing for today, I was doing some wrestling with God, right? Actually, I can just be quite honest and say I was almost wrestling all the way up until last night, my family and I went to um, Jason's Deli. Like Jason's very good, free ice cream at the end. Um, we went to Jason's Deli, and you, if you ask my family, they'll tell you I wasn't quite there. Like, you know, I just wasn't quite with them. I was just struggling. And um, so I come walking out of the restaurant, and right there in front of me is this car parked, like in the handicapped spot. Right there, I look down, and the license plate says, rest. Well, amen. You know, I don't know about you, in your wrestling with God, if you've ever won, but I never have. So, <laughs> so here it is. This is why I was wrestling. So Pastor John starts this amazing series on the Holy Spirit, right? First week, he kicks us off. It's about the Ni Niagara Falls, filling of the Holy Spirit. People are speaking in tongues. There's all these testimonies of healings coming in, right? amazing morning. I mean, have we not had amazing mornings like the past four, four or five, six weeks, right? Over and over, even beyond that. Then he continues with the series and keeps on, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit in the church, right? Then the Holy Spirit in worship. That was another just amazing, awesome morning. So then last week, like one of my most favorite things to talk about, he's talking about the rhema word, the spoken word of God, right? Like the sword of the Spirit. And I'm like, yes, Lord, yes, yes. 
what do you got have what do you want to me to prepare for lord what do you want me to speak to the people and he's like we're going to talk about examining your heart and i'm like yes wait <laughs> that's not as fun <laughs> that's not as easy that's really hard lord we're going to talk about examining your heart hold on a second what are we talking about well god always wins praise the lord he does right have your way lord so let me I keep saying I'm going to start off with things. We're just going to keep starting off with things. That's all we're going to do. Start off with things. <laughs> About 17 years ago, this is an encouragement to some of you who the Lord has ever spoken to. He's given you a word about something. Maybe he's had you prepare for something. And you thought it was for that moment, that time, but it wasn't. And maybe you didn't understand why. Maybe today you still don't understand why. But let this be an encouragement that he will surely use it. It will come to pass at some moment in time. Here's the story. 17 years ago. Everybody say 17. 17. That's a lot of years. What were you doing 17 years ago? <laughs> All right, 17 years ago, my husband was a youth pastor for Family Worship Center in Metamora. Okay? And they had asked a team of us to do like a tag team preach, right? There was like I don't know five or six four four or five maybe different people that were asked to be a part of this team and so you went and you prepared your portion of what you were going to preach and then we gathered together and then you would just kind of you know you've seen the tag team preach before right so about two minutes so i'm studying i'm preparing i'm readying right i'm praying i'm all prayed up i'm all studied up i'm ready to go about two minutes before i'm a go i'm to go and stand up it's my turn the Lord says to me, I don't want you to share what you prepared today, and I want you to go tell him that. <laughs> uh, what? Are you kidding me, Lord? Like, they're going to look at, they're going to be so angry, they're going to be upset. My pastor is going to be like, I asked her to be a part of this tag team preach, and she came up here and said, I'm not supposed to share what you gave me to, right? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, I don't even know how to do this. I can't, I, what? You want me to do what? But... The lesson in this is he wanted me simply to obey him and to follow his leading. Because I'll tell you, that service went exactly as it was, it was supposed to. But he needed to teach something very strong in me, that I needed to trust him, that I would just move, if I would just move forward with something that sounded so ridiculously crazy, that he was going to make it all right. And now, 17 years later, as I'm preparing for this message, he says, Dana, do you remember that message you prepared for 17 years ago? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I want you to pull that back out because you're going to use some of it. Now, I don't know about you, but if you think back to 17 years ago, you've got to remember where all your papers, your, your old Bibles, your old notes, where, the, where in the world that would even be. Do I even have the computer files and it's still in? Right? Do I still have the computer? But sure enough, the Lord is faithful. He took me exactly to where the notes were, pulled them all back up. So, praise the Lord, you are blessed today because you are getting a portion of what was created 17 years ago for today. So, if the Lord has spoken something to you, be encouraged. It may not be for that day, but you will use it. Okay, you ready? Okay, these are my shouters. Are my shouters here? Okay, yes! So much better to feel like you have people to talk to. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in your home. And that was where it began to get so difficult. I was like, your home, 
What do you mean, Lord? Tell me, show me about this. And so he began to show me that we're going to talk about your home, not only like, as you see, I have the broom. In the natural, we have our homes that we take care of. And if you think just a few months ago, we're a little bit past it, but many of you were preparing and getting ready like spring cleaning, right? Had lots of things to do, right? Spring cleaning um, always brings those extra jobs that we need to do. Well, in our hearts, we can kind of follow along the same lines. We take inventory, right? We have to find out what's there. We devise a plan. How am I going to get it done? And then we're going to take action, right? Is that how spring cleaning kind of happens? Those things? All right. Well, that's kind of what we're going to look at. So we're going to start with your home. What do we mean by that? Okay, so let's go to God's word, because if we're not going to God's word for truth, then we're going to the world, aren't we? All right, let's go to John 14 and verse 23. All right, 1423. Jesus replied, those are red letter words right there. He said, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. So the spirit of God takes up residence with our hearts. When we take up residence somewhere, we make that place our home, right? When we purchase a home, we take up residence there, correct? Correct. Okay, so are any of you ladies familiar with the Hearts at Home ministry? Yes? I know, I kind of had the same thing. You were like, oh yeah. So a couple of months ago, they made a very sad um, announcement that they were actually going to have to be closing the ministry due to some financial troubles, and just some other things that they had going. So they ended up um, having to close. But I'll tell you, me and my friends used to attend that conference. Probably 13 to 15 years, I think, we attended that conference. And and there were classes and, and, um, you know, big seminars and that for um, just teaching you about marriage and and child-rearing and and all kinds of spiritual development, just different things that you could take, workshops and things like that. But one of the things that we always did at the conference was we sang a song. And the thing that I love about that song, there's some lyrics in that that are just so fitting and perfect for today. So I just wanted to share those. I go like this. It says, make my heart your home. Live in me. Come, Lord, and move in spirit and in truth. Make my heart your home. Isn't that so good? The Lord wants to make our heart his home, to move freely as he would, to get glory for him. So, so good. All right, turn again. We're going to 1 Corinthians 6. You're still there. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple? Everybody say temple. All right, temple is a building devoted to worship or the dwelling place of God. Isn't that amazing? Our body is the temple or the dwelling place of God, of the Holy Spirit. Okay, who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Your heart is the residence of the Holy Spirit. It's his house. You belong to him. He paid for it. You're just kind of... You're like renting all this beautiful body here, right? You're just like on rent. But he owns you. He paid for it. He created you. 
That's a good thought, isn't it? All right, so if, you, if I were to ask you, if you, to give me a word that you would define that reminds you of home, what would you say? Cozy. What else? Love. Family. Safety. Rest. Very good. That's what I'm looking for. Anything else? Laughter. I love that. Family, right? Yes. All right. So that's how, how home should be, right? Kindness and family and cozy and safety and security and all those good things, right? Well, I had a friend when I was about seven years old, and I would um, ride my bike over to her house. She was a very good friend of mine. And every time I got to her house, it was not those things. Like the dad, he was always yelling so much. Like he got very, very angry. He was very, very, a very big man, real burly, just a really deep voice, you know. And he would always just, he would just seem like he was always angry. And to walk into that home, you didn't feel any of those things. Have any of you ever been a part of that? Maybe, maybe it's even been your own home at one point or another, right? You could cut the strife with a knife right? It was very difficult. Well, isn't it interesting how when we talk about our home, that our home can be a place of safety, of love, of laughter, of joy, of peace, but it can also be a place of ick and bitterness and anger and resentment, right? It can be that icky home that you walk into, right? All right, so my point being in this is we got to figure out what's there. When we spring clean, we have to take inventory. We have to figure out what is there. What do I have to do? Right? And we look around. We look around. We've got, we've got the papers that are in the house that seem to multiply like rabbits. They're everywhere, and they just grow. Like your kids bring them home. Your husband brings them home. Everyone's bringing home papers. They just are everywhere. Or how about, how about your pine needles? No, no one else from Christmas? Pine needles? They just appear. I don't, they just like come up through the carpet, they reappear. Like you thought you vacuumed them and here they are, right? Or the dust in the corners, you're like, hmm, yep, need some baseboard cleaning, we've got some extra things to do. You just gotta, you just kinda figure, gotta figure out what's there, right? Same way in our heart. We're gonna go back, go back to the word. First Corinthians 11. In verse 28, and I love this scripture for more than one reason. First of all, we're going to be taking communion today, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But I love that it's so clear, and it tells us and gives us clear direction on something that we need to do, that the Lord asks us to do. So let's go there. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight says, everyone, everybody say everyone. <laughs> Very good ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Examine yourselves. So that's kind of just like sitting back, taking some time, looking inside, saying, God, are we okay? Do I, do I got anything here that's stopping us, stopping this relationship up between you and me? Do I need to fix anything? We, we good? Right? That's that time to examine. Is there anything I need to ask forgiveness of? 
same way we're going to look at Matthew 5, verse 21 to 24. There's lots of flipping. I hear the flipping. All right. Matthew 5, 21 to 24 says, Jesus speaking. Again, some more red letter words. We love those. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, even if you are angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So, if you are presenting a sacrifice, or in the Greek this says gift, if you're presenting a gift at the altar, in the temple, and you suddenly remember, suddenly remember, that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice or gift there at the altar. Go, everybody say go. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So is the gift a good thing? Yes, the gift is a very good thing. But what the Lord is pointing out here is, listen, our relationship, your relationship with others, is more important than the gift. The obedience in what I'm asking you to do is more important than the gift. And that's where that saying, obedience is better than sacrifice, comes from. We need to listen to him. We need to obey him and do what he's asking us to do. All right, next, we got to devise a plan. We figured out what's there, but now we got to figure out what does that mean. Okay, we have all of these things. So we're going to look at just a few things that if we were doing some spring cleaning, how, what plan would we devise to do that? Okay? You're thinking, all right, I'm ready. You guys are going to have to do like a summer cleaning. It's going to be so fun. All right, not really. <laughs> okay, so this is where we clear out the clutter. This is where we clean the windowsills. I don't know about you, but I feel like, I feel like that is pretty much the worst job ever, like cleaning out the windowsills. You need like... You need um, Q-tips, you need paper towels, you need dust rags, you need toothpicks, you need just a ridiculous amount of things to be able to get those window cells clean, right? Okay, so let's first talk about clutter. In our house, those are the things that we talked about, just the things that build up, the papers, the clutter. Um, but even more so, how about in our hearts when we talk about clutter? These would be things that are keeping us from hearing God. These are things like the busyness in our life. Does anybody else have a ridiculously busy schedule? And it's time to take some stuff out, right? It's so busy that you, you feel like you're even having to neglect your time with God because you are, your schedule is absolutely so full, right? Too full. Or how about chaos? Things are loud, it's crazy, like you just can't seem to get away from it, you can't escape it. Everywhere you go, there's people and loud and noise and things and and it's just taking your attention it's taking your mind away right the chaos of things that's very difficult or or how about how about excess excess of things that's kind of like the hoarding like you have so much of stuff it's just just in the way and you can't even think straight like so, i know there's sometimes like on my kitchen counter like if my kitchen counter is just flooded full of stuff i just i'm like ah i can't even think straight i got to get it off got to get it cleared off i got to be able to see Right? So, those, 
those are some of the things that we want to do first to clear the clutter out so that we can hear God, so that we can spend that very important time with him. Because our desire is to commune with him, examine our hearts, clear the clutter, get it out. Okay. All right. Cleaning the window sills. I told you, I felt like this was the worst. Is, did anybody see the, the infomercial that there was some little brush, electric brush thing that you could use? It was like, and you could like clean out the window sills. Anybody see it? I was all about that. I mean, I was like, oh yeah, now we can get them really, really clean, right? But like I said, I think cleaning out the window sills is one of the just toughest, kind of ridiculous, tedious things you have to do, right? And this is what I relate to our relate to in our heart. These are our relational conflicts, things with one another that we have. Like I said, they're kind of the most difficult, right? So here would be some of the questions. How do you deal? How do you deal with conflict in your life? Do you engage yourself in a heated debate that turns into strife? And that's awful, right? I know I have partaken of that a few times myself, right? Oh, so that, again, that's just me. (laughs) Or do you, um, now I know what my broom is for. Or do you uh, just sort of uh, sweep it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist? Right? That's the tough one. Because we don't want to deal with it. It's really difficult, isn't it? The problem with that is that over time, that sweeping it under the rug is going to become so big that you can't help but to have to deal with it. Right? And isn't it funny that when you don't deal with it, it's like the same thing comes back around, right? The same thing. It will not let you loose, right? You have the conflict with the one person, and you're just like, God, just let it go, let it go. I'm going to push it aside. I'm not going to deal with it, right? Comes back, doesn't it? Just like those stupid pine needles. (laughs) They keep coming back over and over. Or do you intentionally choose to handle conflict in a way that honors God and pleases him to be able to get rid of it. We have to ask ourselves the question. And so how do you handle conflict? We're going to talk about that in just a second. First, we're going to go to the word again, right? Go to the word. Draw on the world, word, not the world, right? All right, Matthew 18, 15. Take a deep breath. I know it's deep. I know there's some surgery happening. All right, Matthew 18, 15. We're going to look at a few different um, versions of this for a reason. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. And we're going to start off with the New King James Version. It says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. NIV says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. All right, now this one's kind of fun. This is the message. It's just kind of a different way to look at it. I like it. It kind of goes a little deep. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witness 
Witnesses will keep things honest. And try again. If he still won't listen, tell the church. If he won't listen to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch, confront him with the need for repentance, and offer again God's forgiving love. I am very, very, very sorry, but I tried searching for a version somewhere that said, if your brother hurts you, if, you're, if you have, your brother has something against you, hold a grudge. Or how about this? How about if your brother has something against you, unfriend him on Facebook. I couldn't find that either. I couldn't. I tried. I tried. Or how about, how about this one? If your... Oh, this one is a little more difficult. Your brother has something against you, or you have something against your brother. How about, how about we wait for them to come and apologize to you? We wait for them to come say, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Ick. Ouch. My toes hurt. <laughs> right? But surprisingly, nowhere could I find any such thing. In every single version I read, there was always one word. Go. Right? The responsibility was always pointed and directed back at me, at you, that we were to go and make things right, right? And just a little bit ago, we read that scripture about how it talked about um, if your brother had something, or you had something against your brother, your brother had something against you, to leave your gift at the altar, right? And you were to do what? Go. Again, again it said go. It didn't just say wait, wait for them to come. Do this. No, it didn't, guys. I'm sorry. All right, again, we're going to move on to Mark 11.25. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now, a grudge is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult or injury. I'll say that again. A grudge is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult or injury. Okay. Have you ever had that ick feeling when you saw someone you were holding a grudge against, and you're like, oh, right, oh, you saw them, oh. Or how about this one? I could be the only one, again. But I'm, I think there's going to be more, and you're going to, this is going to be interesting. How about the grocery store? You know where I'm going. Oh, yeah, you do. Yep, you got the grocery cart in your hand. We talked about this first service. Sarah Lowe would call it your wonky trolley. And you're going down the aisle, and you're just shopping. You are so happy, joyful, singing. Maybe praising the Lord. And all of a sudden, guess who comes? Yeah, mm -hmm. Yep, that person. Do you think you just walk up to them and start, start up a conversation and say, Well, hello! Just praising the Lord here! No! No! Detour. Detour. Those noodles are not coming home with me today. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to miss them, right? You turn. You go the other way. Okay, how about this one? Again, it's okay. If it's just me, then it's just me, and I'm going to repent, and me and the Lord are going to be free. 
Facebook. You know where I'm going with this one, too. The posting, it comes up. The eye roll. You eye roll at the post. Are you serious? No one can see that but the Lord. Right? But what that tells us is we've got the ick. We need to do something with it. We need to get rid of it. Right? So how? How do we deal with it? Some people are good at it. Some people are not. They don't like it. Right? How many of you like it? Wow. One hand. One. How many of you don't like it? This should be everybody, right? You are listening and you are awake. I'm so glad. All right. Here's the good news. How do you deal with it? First of all, you keep your heart open. Right? We're not out to condemn anyone. We're not out to point the finger at anyone. God would want us to value people. Right? He would want us to go and he'd want us to confront the issue honestly. Say, brother... You hurt me. Right? That's being honest. But then being willing to walk through it, speak kindly, that's how we deal with conflict. It's the go word. I said that's the magic word of the day. It's go. We need to go. And if any of you have ever done that, I know we all have at one point or another, we have gone, gosh, does it always feel so much better on the other side right? It's so freeing. I mean, now you're whistling zippity-doo-dah through the grocery store, and you might go up to that person, right? So good, (laughs) right? All right. Here's the next one. This one's very fun. I think it's fun because I get to talk about my dog. Wash the dog. There's another dirty job, right? But isn't it rewarding? After you wash your dog, they smell so great, So I have got a four-year-old. There he is. That's Captain. Hi, Caps. (laughs) He's my four-year-old. He's an English cream golden retriever. And when we give him a bath with his coconut verbena shampoo, he smells so good. So good, right? You just want to ruffle up his little face, right? You can touch him all over because he's nice and soft and clean and shiny, right? But... When he goes to the backyard or the forest in the back and he finds something to roll in, he smells really bad. Okay, really bad. He stinks bad. Now, he stinks so bad that you can walk in the house and he's not even in the same room. But you're like, wow, it is very smelly in here. I smell it. The stink is in the house, right? Time for a bath. You know it's time for a bath. All right. This is in the natural. We have to walk our, wash our dog. We've got to walk our dog, too, but that's a whole different, whole different message. All right. We've got to wash our dog. This, this is in relationship to our, our home. And if I were to have a door right here, and if I would open the door, I would ask myself, What relationships am I letting come in to my house? What kind of things am I watching in my house? What am I listening to in my house? How am I training my children? How am I handling my finances? There's so many things, right, in your house. 
But remember this, what we allow in our house, guess who else sees that? Our children. And our children are going to do what we do because they follow the leader. Right? But the good news today, guys, is we don't have to stay there. We have the choice today that we can clear out the clutter, that we can wash out the windowsills, that we can wash the dog, get those things out of our house that have been around a little too long. Right? All right. Or I'm going to go to Ephesians 4. Would you guys turn there with me? Because I'm going to have you read with me. I'm going to read most of it, but when we get to the last two verses, I just want you to um, read them with me. So I'll start. I'll wait just a second for you. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 17. All right, it says, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Let's read these last two together. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Remember, resolution can take time. When your physical body gets wounded, there's a natural process of recovery that has to happen. When your heart is wounded, or there's things in your heart that we need to cleanse out and clear, there's a supernatural process of recovery time. And sometimes, even in talking about conflict, 
Sometimes the wounds are so deep and they hurt so bad that all that we can do is to choose to forgive someone by faith. Lord, I don't know how I can do it. You don't even, the pain is so deep, God, I can't, I can't even touch it. I know she's, she's telling me I have to examine myself, but I know it's your word, God, but it's really painful. That surgery is going really deep. I don't even know how to do it. But just as simply saying, I don't know how to do it, God. But by faith, I forgive him. By faith, I'm going to get this stuff out of my house. By faith, I'm going to clear the clutter. I don't know how to remove stuff from my schedule. I don't know how to make it better. But God, you do. is always the hardest. 